Rebecca Johnson from Supergirl Radio, and I wanted to let you know that DC TV Podcast has launched a Tee Public store. We have searched TeePublic.com for the very best in DC TV merchandise and have put it all in one place. Follow DC TV Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for announcements on promo codes and sales. And for the link to our store, visit DCTVPodcast.com. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and for this episode, I am joined by Teddy, who is the host of a podcast called All Geeks Aside, to shine a character spotlight on Saturn Girl. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Teddy. Oh, thank you very much, Rebecca. One of our goals for Supergirl Radio for 2018 was uh, to have some new voices on the podcast. We we have a lot of people who come in and, and guest and, and talk about the show episodes or comic book characters. And so I was really glad to uh, to meet you uh, th- through the internet, as it were, uh, to, to find out that you do a lot of these kinds of things where you talk about comic book characters. So I'm really excited to uh, hear what you have to share about Saturn Girl and, and help us learn about the character. Um, but before we get to talking about Saturn Girl... I was curious if you would tell uh, the listeners about your history with the character of Supergirl. Where did you first learn uh, about the character? Where did you first see her or, or, or read any stories about her? I think that Supergirl for me, I think I saw her originally on the original Superman cartoon, the old one. Oh, okay, okay. And if it's not that, then it had to be the Justice League. Oh, like Justice League, the, the, the animated c- series? The cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she uh, she's very prominent, uh, definitely in, in Justice League uh, Unlimited. Um, so that's aw- that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people say Supergirl the movie, so it's nice to have a little bit of a different answer uh, talking about the animation uh, of Supergirl. And I, I think that Supergirl has had a very good career in animation. So that's that's cool to hear your uh, backstory with her. Okay, well, Saturn Girl. Uh, we're going to get talking about her because I, I don't know a ton. I did a little research for the spotlight, so I'm, I'm kind of learning about Saturn Girl as I go. Um, but we're, we're going to be talking about Saturn Girl and learning more about her. Um, so just to get us started off, we're, we're going to talk about the comic book version. Uh, of course, Emma Ardeen is Saturn Girl, and she's been introduced into the third season of Supergirl, which is why we're going to take some time to learn about her so that we can understand more about her as the show progresses in season three. So uh, in the comics, she was created by Otto Bender and Al, Al Plastino, who... 
uh, Supergirl fans will recognize as very uh, famous names connected to the Supergirl character. Uh, her first appearance was in Adventure Comics number 247 from April 1958. Her planet of origin is Titan, Moon of Saturn. And of course, she is a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Teddy, I was wondering if you would sort of help us go through uh, Saturn Girl's powers and abilities, because she has a lot of them. They're mostly related to mind powers, but what, what kind of things can Saturn Girl do? She's a mentalist as at, a, at the core, and it's because on the planet Titan, everyone there has te- uh, telepathic powers. So she is, among the, me- among the people on Titan, she is probably the strongest uh, mentalist. So she has the strongest telepathy of anything. She's basically, she can do anything with her mind. She can move things. She can, she's a precog, so she can send and receive visions of the future. They may or may not come true. She can attack other people's minds with her own mind. So she is basically a Charles Xavier. (laughs) Yeah, she has a lot of mental abilities. Like you said, she can send and receive thoughts. She can perceive surface thoughts and emotion, which I thought was really interesting that emotion is a component to her abilities. Uh, She can uh, probe for deep or hidden memories. She can listen for mental activity. If if people want to know if someone has mental activity in their brain, she can figure that out. She uh, can telepathically transcend language barriers, which is another fascinating thing that I would not have thought about in terms of her abilities uh, dealing with language. I, I don't know if we're going to be talking about this uh, on down, Teddy, if you uh, kind of knew about some of this stuff but one of the things i thought was really interesting about saturn girls one of her ver- the like incarnations of her in the comics is that at some point she's you know one of the versions is mute that she doesn't speak verbally it's all kind of done with the mind so i don't know if that's uh related to that or not uh she can transfer memories to some uh, from one person to another she can hide her thoughts if she doesn't want somebody to know them she can attack other people's minds Uh, She can free others from mental control. She can plant suggestions or commands into people's minds. Um, And in addition to her mind abilities, she can pilot Legion vehicles. We um, heard a little bit about that with the Supergirl version. Uh, She's trained in martial arts, so she can fight (laughs) with uh, something other than her mind if she needs to. And uh, I... I was wondering, Teddy, if you knew about this. Um, she is highly intelligent and a skilled scientist. Because uh, I was unaware of this, but she is actually the the actual reason that Brainiac Five cures Monel of his lead poisoning. Uh, did do you know anything about that? I knew he was poisoned, but I didn't know. And the Monel and Saturn Girl is uh, actually from a different multiverse, so it's I think. 274. I have it in my notes. I would have to search through, but I didn't know that she's the reason that um, he was able, Brainiac was able to save him. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either because I had always been under the impression that Brainiac 5 was the person who, now, all credit due, Brainiac 5 does cure Monel from the lead poisoning, but Emra creates this thing called Serum XY4 which gives the Daxamites temporary resistance to lead poisoning. So that serum XY4 is sort of the, the proto-antidote that uh, cures Monel of his lead poisoning. So 
I thought that was really fascinating. Uh, she, and in addition to the, uh, you know, her intelligence, her fighting ability, her mind control powers, uh, she also does have the ability to fly with her Legion ring. And uh, her Legion ring is modified to reroute mental imp- impulses, uh, enabling her to benefit from the improved range of communication and reply telepathically to spoken radio communication. So her Legion ring is a little bit, uh, cu- you know, customized to her abilities. And I suppose all Legion members have that capability. So um, so that's, that's kind of a rundown of her powers and abilities. Um, so... Teddy, will you, will you guide us through sort of Saturn Girl's backstories, uh, like how she comes to become Saturn Girl? Well, we know Saturn Girl is from Titan, like you said, and she was the smartest mentalist on her home planet. And she was on her way as a teenager to, to join the science police, which was on Earth in the 30th century, and they were the FBI of the time. And she left her home world, Titan, and of course, uh, it is the moon of Saturn, but there's no living things on Saturn, as far as we're concerned, but like I said, this is the 30th century. And on her way from Titan, she is witness to an assassination attempt against a billionaire named O.J. Brandt, and she uses her telepathic abilities to figure out who the perpetrators were. And then, on the train that she was on, or it's a spaceship, a space train, whatever way you want to perceive it, there's two other teenagers, and they were Lightning Lad and Cosmic Boy. Now, after stopping the assassination attempt, the billionaire O.J. Brandt was very impressed by their abilities to stop the assassination, and he urges them to form the Legion of Superheroes. And it is O.J. Brandt who convinces Emra to become Saturn Girl, since the other two also had monikers of their own. Now, the Legion in its infancy was first and foremost a futuristic rendition of the Justice League. And like the Justice League, they were met with like severe adversity and skepticism, but they eventually did prove their mettle and they were accepted by the science police and given deputization. That's a word. <laughs> but being teenagers and they were all superheroes, they did really fanboy or fangirl with Superboy and Supergirl. Which is why in the show, Saturn Girl reacts this, that way when she sees Kara for the first time. Yeah, she, she does do a little bit of that, yeah. I, I wanted to go through some of the little adventures, like you said, that you want to know more about the, the actual comic books. That's basically where Saturn Girl gets her name from. She always had the power. She's born with them, so... She didn't have any freak accident like the Flash or it isn't just a billionaire who can shoot arrows like the Green Arrow. Right. The Legion of Superheroes, they are constantly traveling back in time. This is just something that they constantly do. So the very first thing that the Legion do is they go back in time and they want to recruit Superboy. But not before he actually proves that he is actually worthy of becoming a legionnaire but this is in 1958 and this is where supergirl hasn't actually come about really at this point i can't remember the exact the exact day but it, 1959 okay well there you go so superboy is first supergirl isn't in the original adventures of the legion and lex luthor is attempting to kill superman 
with the help of his legion of supervillains. And then an adult version of the legion come from the future to aid Superman. And the adult version of Saturn Girl, let's call her Saturn Woman so we don't really get confused. Of course. Offers to take Superman's place, but Superman has a little trick up his sleeve since this is also in the 50s. Superman's a little bit different. He gathers a piece of the rings of Saturn and wraps it around the planet that they're on, which is Earth. And this causes uh, the Saturn Queen, who is one of the legion of supervillains, to no longer be able to commit crime because the rings of Saturn have something, an effect on the people of the Titans, on the people from Saturn, that it causes them to not be able to commit any crimes. And this causes her to no longer want to kill Superman and she stops the legion of supervillains instead and nobody dies. Wow, and all it took was for Superman to remove the rings of Saturn. No big deal. Not a big deal at all. Well, it just took, I think he just took a piece of it. We'll just we'll assume he took a piece of it. This is also <laughs> in, the, in, in the 50s, so it's kind of strange. It makes total sense. I can, to- I can totally see this happening. It, 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 it does. <laughs> so, like, like you, we discussed earlier, Amra continues to display her traits of self-sacrifice. She always wants to be the person to die. I'm not sure why she keeps doing that. I'm not sure why she wants to do that, but... In the first year that they decided to have a vote for the leader, she had a vision that in the coming battle that was going to come up, that she saw in her vision, some legionnaire was going to die and she didn't know who. And she assumed that it would be the leader. So she took her uh, telepathic powers and made every member of the Legion of Superheroes vote for her to be the leader. And as her first decree, she said, nobody is to use their powers to save me. But Lightning Lad, in the battle, fights the mind control that she had put on him and sacrifices himself. And then he dies. So, he's dead. They're trying to figure out a way to bring him back. And Brainiac does come up with a way of doing so. But it has a cost. Like all things that bring something back from the dead right. always has a cost. It needs a sacrifice of, of life. And guess who says they're going to sacrifice themselves? Saturn Girl. She says she's going to do it again. Of course. And as she's about to do it, Prody, who is a shape-shifting blob, who is the pet of Chameleon Boy, kind of similar to Beast Boy, very similar, he, uh, Prody, he or she or it, sacrifices itself because it is very fond of Saturn Girl. And now Prody's dead and Lightning Lad is back to life. So, in the Supergirl show, Imra and Monel are married. Right. In the comics, Imra and Lightning Lad, Garth, are married. Yes, and it's a it's a very uh, important relationship, I think, in the Legion. Uh, from what I understand, they, they have a very big romance, and it has 
lasted, you know, it lasts a long time and they, they have children, right? Like it's a, it's a pretty big deal that they get married. It, it is. And the thing is, she didn't want it in the beginning. But after he sacrificed himself for her, he re- she realized that, oh, he does really love me. And eventually she fell in love with him. And they do end up getting married. But there is a rule in the Legion of Superheroes that any married members must retire. So they retire. But that doesn't last very long because a galactic war breaks out. <laughs> of course. It's comic books. And all of the big hitters from the Legion are all uh, taken pr- prisoner. So they have to come out of retirement. And it is actually Imra who is uh, beneficial in actually saving everyone. She's the one that saves them all. And she came out of retirement for this. And when they saved all of the Legion, they said that rule is now gone. You can now be Legionnaires again. But again, that doesn't last long, like you said. Two people are married. Usually, they have kids. And she does get pregnant. And they wanted to be good parents, so they both retired again. So they could have all the time and energy with their new child. To me, that makes them seem more relatable, that they had problems with you know, balancing their home life with their work life, as it were, that they were they were trying to be legionnaires, but also be parents and also have a family. And, you know, sometimes you have to make some of those sacrifices to do the right thing for your family. So I, I think that that kind of thing uh, really makes me respect those characters a lot more because they they didn't really do the legion thing to to be all about themselves and to uh, have all the glory. They were they seem to be genuinely doing it to help people and so when maybe some other people could help and then they could go off and have a family they, they chose to do that so I, I think the family aspect of them is uh, I, I respect and admire it quite a bit it is and that will actually come up uh, again later so Imra does have a baby and it's a baby boy and his name is Graham but Something kind of like a daytime soap opera happens. <laughs> I love soap operas. Well, Imra didn't just have one baby. She had twins. But she didn't know she was having twins. This is the 30th century. She didn't know she was having twins. She only assumed, because again, this is the 60s. They didn't have really a way of telling if you were going to have twins or not. So she only had one baby, or at least she thought she did. The other baby was kidnapped by dark side that's the worst person who could possibly kidnap your child of all the people i mean you don't want your kid kid to be kidnapped first i mean that's that's the worst to have your kid be kidnapped but to have have your child be kidnapped by dark side that is the worst case scenario uh yes it is and he didn't just take him he took him and sent him into the past and as a result of his influence, the baby was transformed into a monster. Now, this monster is in the Legion of Superheroes animated series. And the monster's name was Validus. And he was near mindless and under the complete control of Darkseid. But in the animated series, he wasn't under the control of Darkseid he was under the control of the Emerald Empress. I'm, I'm curious. I have watched a little bit of the Legion of Superheroes animated show. I, I have the DVD sets. Uh, 
sorry, I'm going to wait for a second. There's a large military jet. Uh, they fly over my house um, all the time, and they make a lot of noise. Uh, they never respect my podcasting time. They never do. They never call me and say, hey, when is it okay for me to fly this jet over your house? They never ask me. I wish they would. <laughs> um, so I've only seen the episodes that are on the DVD sets for the Legion of Superheroes animated show. So I don't, I don't think I've seen the episode with Validus. Is what happens with him? Is that actually uh, supposed to be their son, or is that just it? Ju- it just happens to be a monster named Validus. In, in the animated series, it's not made clear, but in the comics, it is shown later. It, it comes. He is eventually revealed, and it's what really turns the tide on everything is when Darkseid pits Validus against Lightning Lad. Now, Garth, Lightning Lad, is his father. Right. He doesn't know that this monster is his kid, so it's a win-win situation for Darkseid. He either kills his son or his son kills his father. Ugh. But. It is Saturn Girl who discovers the truth and averts the catastrophe, as always, using her mind abilities to read the mind, uh, the mindless mind of the monster and figure out that, oh, you were taken as a baby and it was me that I was seeing. That is some good soap opera stuff. You've got, you've got yes. all the elements of soap operas there. You've got an evil big bad. You have a, a baby switch. You have uh, kind of daddy issues with the monster. Like, the, that. I, I would watch that soap opera. When I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good way of putting this in. <laughs> and then using her mind abilities, because she is the strongest mentalist, and Darkseid being the, one of the new gods is almost unbeatable. But she convinces Darkseid to revert Validus back to his normal self. And he is now given a new name, of Guardian. Mm. There's different versions I've read where one one version was he was converted back to a baby, another was he was converted into a mind like a like not a mindless monster, but he just couldn't speak anymore, but he knew who everyone was. So there's different variations and I wasn't hundred percent sure which one I would put in, so I just said I'd just say both. That sounds good. Now the D C comics in themselves are very, very confusing. Because they've gone through so many different changes, and there's actually, hang on, one, two, I think there's four major changes that have happened over the last 20 years, maybe more. The first thing that happens is the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, have you ever heard of that before? I have. It's a big, big uh, DC, kind of a, like a crossover event. Uh, that was a was a big deal in terms of the the DC universe and um, uh, made a, a lot of changes to what they were doing in the comics. It did, and the reason was was there was too many Earths. So what they did was is they had a creature or being known as the Anti Monitor, and he was systematically consuming all of the Earths or the multiverses, whichever way you want to say it, and he was intending on creating a single universe. And the Legion are not affected by this. This is how small the Legion were considered when this was happening. But the reason that I think that this is not affecting the Legion is because it happened in the 20th century. And the Legion are in the 30th century. And it was kind of maybe there, the Legion that we know in the comic books is the 
eventual culmination of that 20th century. So that's why it didn't affect them. That's really fascinating because I know it's it's a <laughs> crisis on infinite earths is a bigger deal to Supergirl, of course, and to Barry Allen, uh, the yes. Flash. But uh, I I I wasn't aware of uh, the the Legion time frame there, so that's that's really fascinating to know. If any of your listeners want to know about more, I would actually recommend reading this. It's absolutely brilliant. It's the the artwork's a bit weird, but it's very very good. Yeah, I I probably should not have read that when I first got into comics. Uh, it was pretty overwhelming when <laughs> when I when I first started reading comics because I was like, "What? Who is this? What is going on?" Uh, but if if you kind of ease your way into it, I think it would probably be a little bit better than my experience. I think I need to reread it now uh, now that I have more of a knowledge of what's going on and who people are because um, it is it is uh, very expansive in scope. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's one of I wouldn't say one of my favorites, but I enjoyed reading it. And it's so huge, but I loved it. Comics nowadays are completely different, so it's it's nice to be able to read them. This is why I do my show, because this is what I would do. I would read the comic book. Like you said, you don't know who anyone is. What I would do is I would read the show or read the comic, and I'd be like, oh, I need to know who that is. And now with the Internet, I can I can learn who a character is and then keep going. I found that to be the case too. If if I didn't know who somebody was, it would make me it would sort of force me to do some research on that person and and then I would learn more things about, you know, the DC universe because I because I was lost or because I didn't know what was going on. That's also since we talked about soap operas, that's also something that happens when I watch soap operas too. If I start watching a soap opera and I don't know who this character is, I do a little research and uh, that leads me to something else and leads me to something else. Um, so soap operas and comics, uh, I find that they have a lot more in common than I think people think. Yeah, for sure. That's especially now because something else happens to Imra. Oh, what what else? What else do we have? Well, she retires again, uh, but this time it's a little more permanent. She rejoins Garth on their home planet of Wynath, where she and Garth become lightning ring farmers, and they actually become quite rich from this. And they decide that since they were no longer superheroes, that they were going to become the Bill and Melinda Gates of the 30th century. <laughs> and they helped those in need of aid after the aftermaths of supervillain attacks. That's actually a good use of their money and time. If they can't be Legion members anymore, that's a good way to help people. Yep. And after this, they never rejoined the Legion. But they did grow their own little Legion. They had two more telepathic-powered babies. And they were two girls, and it was Daisy and Doris were their names, as far as I can remember, and actually from the research. And now, again, another, that this is the end of the original, we, I would call it the Silver Age of comics, where this that was their end, and they get a reboot. This is what happens, and this is when we have that, well, probably to me, it's one of the most confusing parts it's the um, infinite crisis infinite crisis is when superboy prime after the anti-monitor had destroyed everything and made one earth there was a bunch of heroes and supervillains left in a kind of pocket universe and superboy prime was one of them now this place was a utopia for everyone else but he didn't like it so he decided that he was going to break out and he wanted to 
smashed through the source wall, which would have opened all of the multiverses again, kind of like a Big Bang, only bigger. And it, they didn't know if it was going to destroy everything, so they had everyone had to stop them. And the Legion are one of the groups that actually help in stopping Superboy Prime. This did actually change everything after this had happened. So he had broken out and bits and pieces started to change all around the different multiverses that had been left. And the Legion of Superheroes changed this time as well. So they basically they got a restart and everything changes. So the Legion are now made up of or they're still made up of uh, Imra, Garth and Rock, which is Cosmic Boy. Sorry, I, I should have mentioned that at the start. And they do travel back in time this time again, the same as before. But this time, they recruit Superboy and Supergirl. She ends up in the future and becomes a member of the Legion temporarily. Yeah, I know sometimes, you know, I've forgotten it occasionally. Like, uh, you, you know, it's, imp- it's important that Supergirl is uh, a Legion member. Uh, I think that's one of the, the important parts of her character is that she is a legionnaire and uh, she has these ties to characters like Saturn Girl Uh, and I think that's a really important part of the character that doesn't get talked about as much Um, but I've I've been reading the Mark Wade run of the Legion of Superheroes and so it's been really fun to see Supergirl interacting with the Legion as a member as somebody who is actively fighting alongside of them Uh, so I would highly recommend that run and there's there's quite a bit of Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad and their romance in that story. So I, I've, I, I wouldn't say I'm a shipper, as, as it were, but uh, I, I do think that their uh, relationship is pretty compelling in, in that one because it does seem like that they have to, um, you know, that there is a lot of drama between the romance and their uh, crime-fighting activities. Um, so if you're into that, I would highly recommend the, the Mark Wade run. And uh, so it's it's cool to see, you know, actually get to read some comics with Saturn Girl in them. And um, I, I have a growing appreciation for Saturn Girl's ability to fight and be part of the action and what's happening. And like you said, I think one of the big character resi- characteristics of the, the Saturn Girl character is that she is uh, a character who will sacrifice herself for the greater good of her teammates. That does seem to pop up through her character uh, throughout her comic book history, that seems to come up a lot, uh, which has me a little bit worried for the Supergirl version of the character. Um, I, I certainly hope she will make it out of this rain business in season three alive. I would love to see her make it back to the 31st century. Uh, but she uh, does seem to have that streak in her in, in the comic book version that she would uh, put other people before herself. Um, so that that is something to maybe uh, look out for um, just to see if they adopt that part into the, the show. Um, I'm hoping that she has a bit more of a stronger sentiment in this show than she has in the other things. She's always a little bit shyer. She's more, if you look at her, she's more angry. She's, she's not, um, unless something has happened, which I won't get into, but something might have happened to her now when she's in the past. But other than that, she seems a little bit different 
from what I can tell from the comic books. Yeah, and we'll we'll definitely talk about the Supergirl um, portrayal uh, from Amy Jackson uh, at the end of the spotlight. But there there are some similarities and a little bit of, uh, of a different take there. So we'll definitely get into that. And and speaking of which, um, let's talk about the the television stuff because she actually has had Saturn Girls had a pretty long life in. TV. Uh, she started in animation. A Saturn Girl appeared on Superman the Animated Series in the episode titled New Kids in Town and was voiced by actress Melissa Joan Hart, who is a favorite actress of mine because I grew up watching uh, Clarissa Explains It All. That was one of my favorite TV shows as a kid. I wanted to be Clarissa. She was so cool. Um, and so it, it was neat to see uh, Saturn Girl played uh, by Melissa Joan Hart. And in the episode New Kids in Town, Saturn Girl uses her powers to show a young Clark Kent the future and what the future's like and also the history of the Legion of Superheroes. Saturn Girl also telepathically gives Clark tips on how to defeat Brainiac when he's uh, fighting him in Smallville. And then because they've caused a ruckus and everything has gone crazy, Saturn Girl uses her uh, mind-wiping abilities to make sure that everybody in Smallville forgets they ever saw the Legion. Uh, so they have a little bit of an adventure in Superman the Animated Series. It's a, it's a really uh, pretty good episode. I don't know, have you, have you seen that episode of Superman the Animated Series? I'm trying to remember. I have seen all of them. I know I have. This is what I used to do every Saturday. I would watch all these cartoons. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those uh, situations where Brainiac comes from the future. He goes to the past to try to <laughs> destroy Clark Kent before he he becomes Superman. And so uh, three Legionnaires go back to Smallville, uh, Cosmic Boy, Chameleon Boy, and Saturn Girl. So it's, that's an interesting trio that they didn't. Normally, it's uh, Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, and Saturn Girl who are the founding members of the Legion. But Chameleon Boy gets a chance to shine in this one. Uh, so this uh, this has Saturn Girl in her her red and white suit with a little Saturn emblem on on the front of her costume. And what I thought was really interesting when I was doing uh, research into the comic book version of Saturn Girl is that she initially, her costume had yellow and green on it. Uh, it was very different in uh, her original costume, but here in the Superman the Animated Series, uh, this is kind of one of the first depictions in animation of her having that that red and white uh, costume that we'll see pretty frequently. Uh, so that, it's a really good episode. Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's the only costume I actually know is the red and white with the Saturn, and then the the difference in the hair is also something that uh, that's so that when I saw her the first time on Supergirl. Yeah, she sometimes has the long blonde hair, sometimes it's uh, short blonde hair. But uh, I've seen some some of the Saturn Girl costumes. I'm I'm not a real big fan of. There were she had a she had a, a couple of uh, costumes there. I was I was questioning. <laughs> her attire uh, but i do i do like the uh the red and white and sometimes the pink pink and white there's a variation that's a little more uh pink uh, i do like those outfits um well and on justice league unlimited just staying in the animation a category uh saturn girl appears in an episode titled far from home which is a really big supergirl episode if you haven't watched that i highly recommend that very super supergirl uh legion of superheroes episode um unfortunately in this episode she really only appears as a cameo she's in the background of a lot of big legion of superhero group shots so she doesn't really 
do much. She's way more active in the Superman, the animated series. Uh, but on, in Justice League Unlimited, she's just kind of there as a background character. Um, but I definitely would recommend Far From Home. Isn't that the episode where herself, Martian Manhunter, and Green Arrow are taken to the future? Yes. That is the one where that happens. They they fight uh, the Fatal Five. And at the end of it, spoiler alert, Supergirl stays in the future. She uh, becomes a permanent legionnaire. And so she uh, develops a little crush on Brainiac 5. And uh, she wants to stay in the future. So that's how... <laughs> That's how that ends up, uh, which is, a, I, I think, a pretty good ending for Supergirl. That's kind of how she ends her time on in, in the DCAU. Uh, that's how she uh, goes out, and I think it's a great ending. Um, well, and the next uh, animated show that Saturn Girl appears in is uh, the Legion of Superheroes animated show uh, that aired from 2006 to 2008. And Saturn Girl appeared on the roster and was voiced by actress... Uh, Kari Walgren and uh, Saturn Girl is featured pretty prominently in this show. She's one of the main characters. Um, and since uh, Teddy, since you have seen this show, what, what do you think about the Saturn Girl that appears in this uh, animated version? I can't really pick a Legion superhero to be my favorite, but Saturn Girl to me was always a little bit, um, I don't mean to say this, but kind of whiny, if I remember correctly. Like Lightning Lad was always brash and i just saturn girl never i didn't ever liked her the saturn girl that's on this show i think one thing to point out in terms of her appearance that is worth noting is that she has these saturn girl ear uh, these set like planet saturn earrings that uh are really big yeah they they were pink, weren't they? They were pink and black, and they were matched her symbol that was on her chest, and her uniform was also different. This is the pink and white one that you were talking about. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference in the, the suit itself, but she does have the earrings that match the symbol. Um, the earrings are, are uh, overwhelmingly big, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you need to have earrings that big, but it, she does have the Saturn earrings, and uh, she does have the pink and the white suit. Uh, so that's that's a little bit uh, a variation on her costume, but uh, she she stands out among uh, among the crowd there. But it's a, it's a great show. I highly recommend the Legion of Superheroes uh, animated series. It's uh, it's very underrated. People don't talk about it like they should. It's a great great show. I I like this. The Legion of Superheroes animated show is sort of her last big hurrah. Saturn Girl's last big hurrah in animated television. Um, she does, however, in 2009, appear in live action on Smallville. She was portrayed by Alex Johnson and appeared in the 11th episode of season eight titled Legion. It's the big Legion of Superheroes episode. Uh, in that episode, Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, and Cosmic Boy, the three founding members of the Legion of Superheroes, they uh, come back to Clark Kent's time to save him from a character, a villain named Persuader, and help him defeat Brainiac, who had taken over Chloe Sullivan's body. And they end up taking Brainiac's remains uh, to be reprogrammed in the future. Uh, I guess you could say maybe they could use it to create a character named Brainiac 5, perhaps. Uh, so this was her, her first big live-action portrayal, uh, which was on Smallville. Uh, do you, Teddy, do you have any thoughts on uh, this portrayal? She's a little bit different in this again. They're always a slight bit different. I liked the way that she stopped Brainiac on Chloe, that she used her abilities to 
kind of keep her down while Gart was able to pull bits of Brainiac out of Chloe without killing her because they originally thought that, okay, if we take Brainiac out, she dies. So the fact that Emra used her powers to hold Chloe down without hurting her, again, she didn't want to, she didn't want to hurt anyone too bad, but she's the one who basically saves Chloe. She was more closely related to the Saturn girl that I that I remember reading and or seeing. She was a little bit, she was powerful because she had the mind abilities. You can't really fault anyone with mind abilities. You can't get by them. They're basically unstoppable unless you can knock them out and surprise them. But then mind abilities, I'm pretty sure, given her power set, she should have been, she should be super strong. And she's always, there's always a little fault. Maybe that's why she has the sacrificial trait that she's, that's her fault. That's how she always gets taken down where she says, I'll just, I'll die. Take me. Yeah, I'll, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that may be part of it that she is so powerful that she has this responsibility that she feels like she needs to be the one to do it um, and, and step in for everybody else. And I think it's really interesting, especially in this uh, this Smallville episode, because she makes the case that it Chloe might have to die in order for this to work and in, in order for them to get uh, Brainiac out of Chloe Chloe might have to die and so there is that uh, complication and that dilemma there on what they do about that how they can um, get rid of Brainiac and still save Chloe's life and I, I agree with you that I think the the scene when they do that it's really special how they use each of them use their unique abilities to uh, work as a team to make that happen so I think that's really really well done in that episode and and Saturn Girl actually talks about sacrifice with Lana Lang and she tells Lana that uh, Lana understands sacrifice more than anyone uh, which uh, you know whether or not you like the Lana Lang on Smallville or not because uh, <laughs> I know some people have strong feelings about that character uh, that talking about sacrifice really plays more into the Saturn Girl character I think than it does with Lana Lang so it's very um, fitting that they have that conversation Yes, and I think it's worth noting as well to talk about her costume in this iteration of the character since this is her first live action portrayal they uh <laughs> like uh, most cw superhero shows there's a lot of leather that goes into these costumes uh in this uh take on saturn girl she has the red leather jacket some red jeans the white shirt with the saturn emblem on so she looks like saturn girl i mean it, it, it may not be you know a, a traditional superhero costume but the way that they dress them in this episode, you can distinctly tell that she's Saturn Girl, that he's Lightning Lad, that the other guy is a Cosmic Boy. Like, you can pick them out. If you knew who they were, you you, you would be able to figure out which one is which and, and who these people were. So uh, even if it's not a traditional superhero costume, they do look like their characters. Well, I do wonder where they get their costumes from. It's one of the things that I've always wondered where do superheroes, where would they get their costumes from? Where would the Flash get a friction-resistant suit <laughs> that can go at God knows what speed? <laughs> Actually, it's, I think it's Mach 7. Yeah, they, uh, somebody's got to make them. They get them somewhere. I don't guess you can buy that off the rack at a store somewhere. <laughs> somebody's got to make them. Uh, so uh, that seems to be the case with, uh, well, I don't know, with uh, the Smallville versions, they might have been able to just buy them off the rack. Maybe they didn't have to come up with any special costume. They can just 
go buy a red leather jacket and they're good. But uh, in addition to Smallville, uh, Saturn Girl appeared in animation again, but this time in a feature-length movie. She was in, this is a really long title, uh, Saturn Girl was in Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League Cosmic Clash. Uh, that's a hugely uh, long title. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but they covered all their bases there. Um, we have actually talked about that film uh, here on Supergirl Radio. So if you want to listen to Carly and I break down that movie, you can check that out. Um, this time she was voiced again by uh, the actress Kari Walgren. And in the movie, Saturn Girl teams up with Lightning Lad and Cosmic Boy to fight Brainiac Superman. Uh, so that's that's kind of the big bad that they're up against, uh, which is a fun take on that that aspect of what it would be like if Brainiac took over Superman in Smallville. Was Brainiac taking over Chloe? Uh, even in another part of uh, Smallville, Brainiac takes over uh, the the Supergirl character in that in that one. They call her Kara instead of Kara. But he takes over uh, Kara. So Brainiac seems to, to take over some people if he needs to. And so this time around, uh, he was Brainiac Superman. Uh, so this was Saturn Girl teaming up with her founding members of the Legion. And uh, they are Lego people in this one. So have you seen this movie? I have not. And I didn't even know this one existed. And some of the Lego movies I actually enjoy. So I'm going to have to look for this one. I mean, the Legion is great. It's really awesome to see the Legion interacting with Batman and the Brainiac Superman. But really the highlight of this movie, the Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League Cosmic Clash, is the Brainiacs in that movie. They are hilarious. Uh, so I, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Brainiacs are the reason to sign up for that one. Highly recommend um, and the only other thing that I would mention in terms of uh, seeing Saturn Girl in pop culture and, and sort of the, uh, the ways that she's portrayed is that uh, in video games, uh, Saturn Girl is in the Injustice 2 video game. I have not played that, so I'm not sure what the extent of her appearance is in that, but it looks like she does have her uh, more traditional red and white costume uh, with uh, the belt. So uh, keep an uh, keep an eye out for Saturn Girl because she does appear in Injustice too. Um, I don't have time for video games anymore. Maybe if I quit my job, I'll be able to do all these things. Wouldn't that be great if we could just not work and just hang out playing Injustice Two all day? That would be great. Uh, I would I would be into that. <laughs> that would be the life. You've got that. Uh, I would love to be able to uh, quit my job and not have to work every day, but. I actually enjoy my job. Um, well, and all of that, just talking about the comics, talking about live action stuff, talking about animated stuff, talking about video games, that brings us all to Supergirl Season 3. And uh, Saturn Girl has been introduced in this season, played by uh, actress Amy Jackson. And uh, just to remind you what her initial character description was, it was, quote, Saturn Girl uses her telekinetic ability to help those in need. She was born on Titan, one of Saturn's moons, and arrives on Earth to help Supergirl battle one of her biggest threats, unquote. And so that's kind of how we've seen Emra so far, uh, is that she's been uh, helping out with the search for the world killers and uh, helping out with... Uh, sort of taking Supergirl's place when she is in a healing tank and uh, also in this uh, 
coma loft where she has to figure out who she is in order to get out. Uh, so there were those instances where Emra had to step up and, and help and, and be a hero when there was no Supergirl. Um, so it, and she's also, as, as we mentioned, is the wife of Monel. So it's a little bit different. They, they went away from the lightning lad, uh, relationship and, and hooked her up with Monel. So I, Teddy, do you have any thoughts about that? Do you, do you like that? Do you dislike that? What are you, what are your thoughts on the, the fact that they don't have Saturn girl and lightning lad together in the, the Supergirl show? I don't really like it, but then again, um, she is married to Monel in another multiverse. Oh, really? There is an arc where Saturn Girl calls two other legions, well, Saturn Girl and Brainiac 5, call two other legions from different uh, universes to come and help them, that the enemy that they were fighting was so big. And the one of the teams was Saturn Girl and Monel, and not Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. So it's in the comic books, it's just in a different um, multiverse. So, it's there. It's in the ether for me. It's in my head canon that they are married in some universe. So it's I I I like their relationship the way they're the way he he explains it that they got married to combine everyone to kind of almost like a royal marriage where she is a big thing on Titan, and when they got married it brought everyone kind of closer together. Yeah, they sort of brokered a peace deal to, to make everything right in the United Planets. Uh, so that it's it's a little bit of a, a controversy just because uh, when Monel came back, Carl was really excited until she found out that Monel had a wife. So <laughs> I guess we're bringing in a little a bit of the soap opera-ness into the show, but that, that seems... Uh, par for the course with the Legion and with Saturn Girl in particular, so that seems right up her alley. Um, but so we'll we'll have to see what happens um, because there is there is some tension there with uh, Monel and Emra and and them trying to discuss uh, you know if Monel still has those feelings for Kara. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. But I, I've enjoyed Saturn Girl so far. In the Supergirl TV series, she has uh, she's been a very uh, compassionate person. She cares about people. Uh, she seems to really admire Supergirl a lot. She seems to really care about Monel and and wants to go out and help when she can. She she goes to Fort Roz with with the the uh, the Dream Team uh, as they called them and really helped out. And uh, it, she is very good with fixing the Legion Cruiser. She has a, it seems like she has a good relationship with uh, Brainy. So I, I've really enjoyed her so far. And they even they even uh, mentioned that she had some detective skills. So that sort of plays into her her origin of wanting to be in the science police and all of that. So I think that they've 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 taken some liberties with her. But I think for the most part, they've stayed true to uh, who the character is. And uh, I think since we've mentioned the previous costumes and other iterations, uh, maybe we should talk about the one on the Supergirl TV series because she has a super suit, uh, but it's a little bit different. Uh, Teddy, what do you think about it? I like it. It's more like a, um, almost like, it is like battle armor almost with the, um, the, the bracers on her arms and the belts going around her and the shoulder pads. There, It's a little bit, it's more battle armor. It's the 30th century and she's a superhero. She shouldn't just have a jacket and a pair of jeans. Like even Supergirl, granted she's Kryptonian, 
but if it was me and I, even if I was Kryptonian, like when she was on Fort Ross, she was powerless. But I, I like this this series. It's a little bit different. There's no red anymore, but it looks good. The the black and uh, maroon, purple, and then but the S and then the SS S the rings of Saturn. Almost, that's what they are meant to be to me. I, I would rather just one single ring. Yeah, I think that's what what that's supposed to be. Yeah, it's it, it's a nice suit. I I. I don't see anything wrong with this one. I think they were sort of trying to hint at the the red of her her more uh, familiar costume, uh, but it it does look a little purplish. Yeah. So the the coloring is definitely different, um, but I, I do like the uh, the rings of, of Saturn that they have on there. So at least she has that. Like they're all it's artist interpretation for everything. There's different colors, like you said. Each costume's a little bit different. They're all similar. They all have one thing in common. They all have the rings of Saturn. That's how you know that she's Saturn girl, for sure. <laughs> well, um, I think that's uh, going to do it for this character spotlight on Saturn girl. We've we talked about the comics. We've talked about all of her different interpretations. Um, so uh, thank you, uh, Teddy, for helping me go through that. Uh, but before we wrap up, uh, I've got some feedback uh, I need to get to. Uh, so the first email that we have comes from a listener named Sarah who wrote in to say, quote, Hi, Supergirl Radio. Your discussion about the identity of the third world killer and the possibility that it may, it may be Kara sent me tumbling down into that pit where Thomas Coville tossed the beta hedron. Didn't Supergirl's father, that well-intentioned Zorel, create the Medusa virus? What if, as is hinted at the end of the New 52, Kara is one of his experiments and carries another Zorel made pestilence inside her? Love your show. It's a pleasure to listen to when I'm cooking dinner and really helps ease the hiatus withdrawals, unquote. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Sarah. Um, I do think that it is possible that they might make Kara a world killer. Um, I'm still mixed on whether or not I would like that or not, or if it's even truly possible because I, I know with uh with rain we did see that they did something to the baby before uh the baby left krypton so i since we didn't see that with car i don't know if that still pl- applies but you are correct sarah that Zorel did have a hand in creating the medusa virus so we do know that Zorel has some scientific background in uh, doing some things that could have been twisted to be bad uh, so we'll, we'll have to see what what this what this kind of plays into and what actually results in it. And we'll have to see what the show chooses to do with it. But it's definitely a possibility. Uh, Daryl wrote an email saying, quote, I was listening to the Forgotten of Supergirl episode and was deeply surprised that neither of you mentioned that the real Hank Henshaw and his disappearance from the show along with Jeremiah. He just went up in a puff of smoke. Also, I was listening to Gloria's email, and she got a major plot point wrong. Those lines that Gloria was stating that Purity said to Kara were actually said to Alex, and I'm surprised no one picked up on it, unquote. Um, Well, first of all, to be fair, I did translate Gloria's email from Spanish to English, so it's very possible that I got the wording (laughs) wrong and misinterpreted uh, what the point she was trying to make. Uh, but you are right. Purity calls Alex, quote, a broken little doll, um, unquote. But I do think that Gloria, in terms of her email and the point that she was trying
trying to make. I think it does, uh, it is applicable to Kara as well, even though Purity doesn't outright say it to Kara. I think uh, Gloria was t- trying to talk about the, the character of Kara and what she goes through when she grieves. And uh, uh, you could say the same thing for Alex. So that is true that um, Purity actually did uh, refer to Alex in that capacity. Um, but I think Gloria's uh, statements and uh, and email still stands. And to be frank about the Hank Henshaw thing, sometimes I, I actually forget all about the Hank Henshaw on Supergirl. Sometimes I forget that he even exists because he would only show up with Lily and Luther and he would only show up, at, you know, in small doses. And uh, I, I don't think uh, he, he was very memorable except for the fact that his mask uh, was something that I can't forget because it was not great. Um, so there's that. So I kind of do forget about the cyborg Superman. Maybe he'll show back up at some point when uh, Lillian comes back to the show. Uh, but yeah, so there is that with the uh, original real Hank Henshaw. Uh, we also have an email from Maria who writes, quote, It's always a joy listening to YouTube. I love the Forgotten of Supergirl episode. Please do another one of these. Well, we might have to do that if there's a lot of forgotten characters. Uh, Maria goes on to say, I would like to add one more small background character if possible. She's the waitress who served Kara four sticky buns every morning at Noonan's. Kara did flat out say that she was an alien, and I've always wondered if the, if the waitress has put the pieces together. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thought, Maria. Uh, Maria also uh, says, also adding to uh, the Forgotten of Supergirl episode, California never gets cold enough for Cruella de Vil weather. It's always hot or extremely hot here, unquote. Uh, yeah, uh, Lena Luther did have that awesome furry uh, coat that she wore that was very Cruella DeVille uh, like so I don't know I mean she did go to an ice skating rink I guess we'll have to just uh, have some understanding understanding about that because in that instance it was the appropriate attire of choice there because it is cold in ice skating rinks Um, And our last email comes from a listener named Alex who writes, quote, really enjoyed your recent podcast regarding the lost storylines of Supergirl. One topic that the show seems to have gotten away from is the personal relationship between Kara and Wen. From the pilot episode in the first season, the writers have constantly talked about how Kara and Wen are best friends. This may have been true in season one, but we haven't seen much of it in the last few years. Since the beginning of season two, Kara and Wynn rarely are shown outside the DEO, and their conversations are usually all business. There was a brief scene earlier this year where they talked during the Psy episode, which I really enjoyed, but that's about it. That being said, I've enjoyed the development of the relationship between Wynn and Alex the last few years. Whether it's Alex hitting Wynn in the back of the head to get him to divulge a secret, or the last episode when Wynn hugged Alex after she broke down following her interrogation of purity. The two seem to have developed a brother-sister relationship that has been fun to watch, unquote. And Alex, I would agree. It's uh, I've been missing the Kara Wynn friendship. Uh, we do see them hanging out together in big groups. Uh, the Christmas episode, the rain episode, we did see a little bit of that, but uh, don't see much of them having conversations as much, uh, but it has been nice. I would agree uh, that to see that Wen and Alex have formed a bond, and I can imagine that being a realistic thing because they both work at the DEO, so they probably see each other a lot, and they probably uh, have that bond through Kara, so I would agree that I've enjoyed watching that as well. So thank you all for writing in uh, your your emails and your feedback, uh, and really appreciate you all doing that. And big thanks to you, Teddy, 
Thank you so much for coming on Supergirl Radio and sharing your knowledge about Saturn Girl. She's a really important Legionnaire and someone I uh, had to learn quite a bit about because I didn't know much about her. So I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about her with me. Uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet and, and find your podcast and uh, keep up with you? Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. It was, um, it was a pleasure being here. And they can find me on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook, and it's at All Geeks Aside on all platforms. I'm also on WordPress. I'm on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast from, you can find me. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, uh, like all these listeners did who emailed us uh, this time around, uh, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com, and you can you can email us, share share the thoughts that you agree with, and share share about the thoughts that you disagree with. Doesn't matter. Just email us. We would love to hear what you think. Uh, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do that by calling 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and you can even check us out on Spotify. We've got our podcast episodes as well as a playlist that features music from the show, which is awesome. So you can check us, check us out on Spotify. We're also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And if uh, you need to find any of these links to anything I just talked about, you can go to supergirlradio.com and find the links on the right side of the page. Um, and Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you would, uh, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. And I would highly recommend any listeners who are interested in uh, buying some cool t-shirts that you uh, stay tuned to DC TV Podcasts because we're going to be posting about... Um, our promo codes for our tea public store that uh, we launched a few weeks ago. So you can find the promo codes for those things there. So um, be checking them out about the first of the month is when we'll be posting those things. So you can uh, check those out when you follow DCTV podcast and you can follow me on Twitter. If you would like at Derby kid, that's D E R B Y K I D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby kid. That's T H E D E R B Y K I D. Uh, and you can watch some videos of mine over at YouTube. Uh, that's youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. And I'm also a contributor to a JLU podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. All right. Well, until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And if we've learned anything from Saturn Girl, it's that you're never too late to discover Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi.